Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen, Pastor Land. May the Lord use you tonight, amen, for his glory, amen, like amen. I know Thank he will. You, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Come on, can somebody give it up for the Lord? Come on, can somebody give it up for the Lord tonight? I know, you, I know you're grateful to be in the place. Come on, I know you're excited for the word of God. Who, 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 who here believes that God's going to speak tonight? Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, let's stand to your feet. Come on, like he spoke a word to you. Come on, come on, who's ready to receive tonight? God has been too good for me to sit still. He's been too good for me to keep my mouth shut. Who's ready to receive something from God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thought I was at TOC. I thought I was at TOC where the heavens open in your favor. Come on. Somebody got a shout of praise in their belly tonight. Somebody got to say, okay, Lord, have your way. Somebody got to say, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm still alive. I'm still standing. I'm healthy. I'm in my right mind. I took a five-hour energy. I'm hype right now. Bless the Lord. Let me settle down. Let me set my laptop up. You know how I do it. Come on, I feel God moving in this place. I don't want to take no time, so I, I don't want to interfere with what the Holy Spirit's doing. So I'm going to get right into the word. It's Mark 2, 13 to 17. Mark 2, 13 to 17. You may be seated. I'm going to read this real quick. We're going to get into it. Amen? It says, then, then he went, talking about Jesus, he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's the word of God. And I'm grateful for that last statement. Come on, somebody. Tonight, I'm going to be preaching from a topic, a title I call Sitting with Savages. Sitting with Savages. Yeah, so, 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 so I want you guys to rock with me and, and talk back to me. We, we, we're a house of energy, and I need that for this word. Amen? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? So the definition of a savage, there's two. There's a literal definition, and then there's a slang, you know, a street. You know, I come with that urban, that urban terminology. So we have two definitions. I'm going to be using both throughout the sermon, so, so you got to stay connected with me. Savage means, in the literal, uh, it means fierce, ferocious, cruel, or untamed. It means offensive, uncivilized, primitive. Kind of like my kids when they raid in the kitchen for snacks and dessert. Some savages. It means enraged or angry or unpolished, wild or rugged. But then there's the modern urban uh, uh, terminology. It's, it's pretty much a compliment if somebody calls you a savage. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No? A little bit? All right. So that means if somebody calls you a savage, that means you a boss. Come on. That means you a G with it. That means you a boss at what you do. You somebody who will stop at nothing to attain a desired goal or outcome. You like Tom Brady. You a machine. You just, you just go get it. Amen. You like Kobe Bryant. You got that Mamba mentality. When you a savage, you go all the way. Ain't nothing stopping you. Nothing can stop what your goal, uh, you from getting to your goal. Amen. 
it, when I think about my life, I think about my pops, my dad. My dad was a savage. Militant mindset, once a Marine, always a Marine. Reminds me of when we first came down from New Jersey to Florida. My dad had a good job lined up. We didn't know nobody. It was like early to mid-90s. It was, it was nothing in Port St. Lucie. Like less than there is now, like a lot. <laughs> it was mad lots for sale for like three grand. <laughs> there was nothing here. We didn't know nobody. The job that my dad had lined up went out of business before we, he even started. My dog died. We didn't have no income. It sounded like a, a country song or something, right? <laughs> but my dad was a, was a savage. How many people in this place will do whatever it takes to provide for their family? Come on, somebody. If you got that in you, then you a savage. I do whatever it is for my children, whatever I need to do for my wife. You feel me? This is my pops. So, so he jumped on a 10-speed bike, a 10-speed huffy. And he trekked about 12 miles a day back and forth to McDonald's. Yeah, we ate, we ate oodles and noodles. We ate peanut butter and jelly. My pops a straight savage. And so when I look at my life, I grew up with a lot of rage and anger for many, many different reasons. And, and, and when I look at that word savage, it reminds me of me when I was a young adult. One particular instance, I was, I was drunk. It was about 12 o'clock at night. I was going to my friend's house. I made some poor decisions. I shouldn't have been driving. Could have went to jail for that. This is one of many times. And I always passed this house where these kids would just mean mug me and look at me real dirty like. They didn't give me an excuse, but they'd look at me. And I just felt little. I felt like, man, how these, how these kids just, how these guys just going to disrespect me like that? They just disrespect me. They, they stand out in front of the car. They disrespect. And so one day I just had enough. It happened to be that night when I was drunk. And so I just, I turned the car around. I got out the car, left the door wide open. I walked up his driveway. The two kids approached me. I knocked, I knocked the first one out. Three punches, boom, hit the floor like a rock. I chased this boy down the road. I couldn't catch him because I was drunk. And so I just got back in the car, turned the music up, and I left. So you, you, you don't hear many stories like that from a pastor, right? What if I told you I was a savage? I had a lot of hate and anger that I had pent up. Had a lot of things that, that I didn't know how to deal with, know how to handle. I wasn't raised in church. But you know, God did an incredible work. I, 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 just, I, just, I, just, can't, I just can't think <laughs> about a more incredible, a, incredible way that, that God uses people. See, he uses the people that don't got it all together. See, he comes after you. Like the song said, he comes after you like a flood. He uses the people that got some things going on inside of them. I wouldn't understand how God did this, but he is so great. He's so merciful. How many people in this, in this room know that God is still doing incredible things? He sent his son to sit with savages. Is anybody grateful tonight that, that God sat with them, that Jesus sat with them at the table? Oh, my God. About 10 years later, I met a group of kids at a Bible study who showed me the loving kindness of Jesus. It was so heavy. It was so thick in that place with the spirit of God that I was convicted because of that loving kindness that they showed me. I gave my life to Jesus. 
And see, he took that mess that I, that I went through, one of many, and he used it for his glory. And I'm going to tell you how he did it tonight. God is so good. Come on, somebody. Can anybody relate to me tonight? Or is everybody born saved? Come on, somebody. I got to give God a shout glory tonight. I got to give him some praise for what he did for me. Now my whole family served the Lord. And we ready. We ready for whatever the Lord has for us because we surrendered to him. He put his spirit inside of a, a group of young adults, a group of young savages who wasn't scared to sit with a savage like me. I was overwhelmed by the loving kindness of Jesus and the idea that he was interested in sitting with a savage like myself. What? And tonight we're going to talk about the loving kindness of God. Has anybody experienced that? The loving kindness of our God? Come on, somebody. Jesus attracts outcasts because of his loving kindness. I know I'm not the only one that's thankful for it. And we will attract the outcasts, the lost, the sinners and the savages when we show loving kindness as well. Loving kindness is an effective tool to win people to Christ. Kindness is a fruit of the spirit that's kind of like low-key and afterthought. But it's powerful. It's powerful in its way that it pulls people to the cross. Loving kindness in the Hebrew literally means covenant loyalty. See, there really isn't one particular English word that encompasses what loving kindness truly is, but there's a group of words that we use in English to try to describe it. It means faithfulness. Come on, has God been faithful? It means good favor. Come on, it means unfailing love. It means mercy. Thank God for his loving kindness. We get a picture of what it is in, in Exodus 20, verse 6. This is, God says, he shows graciousness and steadfast loving kindness to thousands of generations to those who love him and keep his commandments. How's that for covenant loyalty? Come on, how's that for covenant loyalty? The kindness of Jesus is meant to lead you to repentance. His kindness convicts you because his spirit is so pure. Woo! I was standing in that room with a bunch of young savages and I was convicted because the spirit of God was just moving. And I recognized that he saw the savage in me. He said, I can use that. I can use that in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Is anybody in this place resonating with what I'm saying tonight? Some synonyms for the word kindness are compassion, gentleness, goodness, grace, thoughtfulness. It sounds a little bit like the fruit of the spirit, right? Like the definition of kind means of good or benevolent nature or disposition. Remind me of my brother, Justin. Like you can't be mad at a dude that's like, hey, what's up, Bubba? <laughs> What's up, Bubba? <laughs> I'm trying to break it down for you so that by the time you leave tonight, you'll be fully convinced that if the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, come on, somebody, is the same power that lives in us, that we have the power to turn savages in the world into savages for the kingdom. Come on, is anybody excited about what our God is able to do through you and for you? Come on, give God a shout of praise tonight. And so in our foundational text, we see Jesus choosing Choosing Levi, who's also known as the disciple Matthew. And so, and we see this going on. And Levi, he, he follows Jesus. He responds to that call. He's so grateful that he throws a huge banquet. Got all his dogs in the house. He got all his friends, right? And he invited Jesus and the disciples. Oh, but the religious folks ain't like all that. They ain't like all that. Right? And Jesus rebukes him. He says, look, man. The healthy have no need for a physician, but... I came for the sick. I'm so thankful that he came for the sick. Come on, somebody. 
starts out, Levi. Levi is a publican or, or a tax collector, and the tax collectors were hated by the Jews because of their betrayal, their extortion and lying, their cheating and, and gouging of taxes. They're charging their own people well above what they should be charged in their pocket and the rest. They were considered apostates and excommunicated because they got rich off of making their own people poor. They were looked, looked down upon because of their collusion with the Romans. The Romans were so oppressive to the Jews. How could you turn your back against your own people and go anybody but the Romans? And then we see the scribes. They're the religious leaders of the time. And they were, they were pointing their fingers at Jesus and murmuring and complaining as he was sitting and eating. Breaking bread with tax collectors and sinners. Breaking bread with prostitutes and, 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 and thieves. Come on, somebody. He was breaking bread. Tax, uh, the, the Pharisee was like, nah, he getting too close. He getting too close. The Pharisees would eat meals by themselves. See, they ain't know what Jesus was doing. This was, this was so radical. They would eat meals by themselves so they wouldn't risk contamination. Or unclean tax collectors and publicans. They believe sinners should be kept at a distance until they were decontaminated by proper repentance and ceremonial rituals. Oh, but Jesus said, come as you are. I got you, baby. You can come right here. Let me show you what real love is. And so they feel some type of way when Jesus... This new rabbi, this, 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 this rabbi coming out of nowhere, hitting the scene, taking the world by storm. They feel some type of way when this new rebel has a following of sinners and savages. Oh, they thought Jesus was a sinner too. Oh, he's sitting with them. They must be rubbing off on him. They thought he was a sinner. They thought he was unclean because he was hanging with these folk. And so picture what's going on here. Envision what happens in verse 13 and 14. Come on, I need you to envision what's going on. We see the crowd gathering down by the shore. Come on, put yourself in Levi's shoes. Put yourself in his tax booth as he sees the crowd gathering around this rabbi. He may have, he may have seen of him or, or heard of him before, but, but he sees them. He sees people like himself. He sees sinners and savages gathering around Jesus as he's teaching. And then they start walking and he sees people look just like himself, tax collectors and prostitutes. And they're engulfed in the message that Jesus has given them. Oh, but then imagine as Jesus looks through the crowd and locks eyes with Levi. Ooh, he says, follow me. I'm here to tell you that a savage responds to the call. Savages respond to the call. As Levi locked eyes with Jesus, it probably felt different, right? See, Jesus is looking at him like, like, like not, a little different than how everybody else looked at him. Everybody else, they, 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 they saw a sinner. When they saw Levi, they saw a thief, a traitor. When they saw Levi, they saw an oppressor who steals and lies, an extortionist. And everybody else saw a criminal, an excommunicated person who wasn't even worthy for you to lay your eyes upon, an apostate with no hope. Oh, but when Jesus locked eyes with him, <laughs> the loving kindness that drew the crowd down by the shore. Listen to me. That's the same thing that made Levi respond to the call. Follow me. It draws the sinner and the savages. Come on, somebody. That loving kindness, that's what attracts the outcast to Jesus and makes them feel welcome and invited into his presence. Come on, somebody. I know you experienced it. Somebody in here got to give God some, some, some glory, a shout, and let him know, thank you, Jesus. And Jesus sees Levi. He sees him. He sees him, but, but he don't see him how culture sees him. He recognized him. Yeah, I, I formed you when you was in the world. I, I, I knew you before I formed the foundations of the earth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I recognize you. I recognize you. That look probably felt different. 
Levi recognizes Jesus, saw him for who he really was. Jesus sees the savage in Levi. Come on, somebody. Jesus sees the savage in you. While everybody else just sees Levi as a savage. Jesus sees Levi not for who he was in the culture, but for who he would be in the kingdom. That's foresight. He sees you not for what the world says you are, not for what your mom says you are, not for what your workplace says you are, not for nothing except for what you will be in the kingdom of God. Come on now. Levi recognizes Jesus' uncommon kindness. Immediately he recognizes his own sinfulness. I mean, he's sitting in it. He's sitting in his tax booth. His place of lying and manipulation. And Jesus says, follow me. He's in his place of extortion and cheating, greed, selfishness. He's literally sitting in his selfishness as Jesus calls him out, follow me. Has Jesus ever called you? While you were knee deep in your sin, while you had a blunt in your hand, maybe you had vodka in your cup. Has Jesus ever called you when you was in the bed with somebody you shouldn't have been? Has Jesus ever called you while you was knee deep in your sin? Come on, has Jesus ever called you out of something? Follow me. Has he ever called you out of something? While you was riding dirty, high as a kite, while you was doing what it do. Listen, your sin don't intimidate our God. It don't intimidate him. He ain't afraid of nothing. The Bible says he's the God of heaven's armies. You can't intimidate him. You can't make his knees shake. You ain't making him quiver or shake. He is the God of heaven's armies. He is inviting you into a relationship with him. People were drawn to Jesus because of his loving kindness. It's something that's so pure and gentle, but also powerful enough to pull you out of your mess. Loving kindness is a rope that we can use to pull people out of their messes as well. From the depths of despair to hope only found. Let me say that again. Only found in Jesus Christ. Levi responded like a savage. He was able to recognize and adjust accordingly. Oh, there are plenty of messed up, jacked up people like me and you hmm, that need the hope of Christ. And you might be looked at as a savage in this world, but Jesus can make you a savage in his kingdom. Savages respond to the call. Yeah, they answer the bell. They make moves. They get it done. They show up. Right, Brother Raph? For instance, we see Levi bearing big fruit. He starts bearing big fruit of repentance. And when you're grateful, you've been saved by grace. It manifests itself in, in servitude and hospitality. Levi opens up his home. He throws a banquet for Jesus and his disciples. He's probably like, yeah, Jesus is my guy. I don't really know this guy. This guy, his disciple, this other disciple. But if they're cool with you, Jesus, if you see something in them, because I know you see something in me, if you see that I'm valuable, then they my dogs too. Everybody can get it. Everybody's welcome. I'm here to serve. That's hospitality. Levi opens up his home and throws a banquet for Jesus. I want some food. Yeah. And, it, and, and the Bible says there were many sinners and tax collectors present. His house was packed. Levi serving, exhibiting the gift of hospitality. And in addition to that, he adopted voluntary poverty when he recognized his own spiritual poverty. We see him sacrificing as well because he left everything when he responded to the call. Come on, savages respond to the call of Jesus. He left everything. He abandoned his business. He abandoned his riches. Come on. He responded to the call of Jesus Christ. He can't just return to being a tax collector. Not after you turn your back on the Romans. You can't just go back to work. 
hey, if this Jesus thing don't work out, I know where I'm going. No, bro, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. You can forget that. So he opens up his home. He's showing hospitality. He obeyed the call of God uh, upon his life. He obeyed Jesus when he said, follow me. He shows honor, puts Jesus in the seat of honor in his home. And all these people in Levi's house. Levi ain't got no job. He's still waiting on that second stimulus check to hit. What a sacrifice. He went from stealing the servant. Come on, somebody. He went from selling out God's people to being sold out for God. Come on now. He went from being shunned to being a savage in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Is anybody grateful for what God has done in their life? Made you a savage. Put you in the kingdom. Put you in high places. Put you seated amongst. Woo! Come on. Can we give God some glory tonight? Hallelujah. He obeyed the call of Jesus. He got up and left his job. Levi ain't even put in his two weeks notice. You know jobs are hard to come by out here. <laughs> I know I'm talking to somebody that ain't put in their two weeks notice. They just got up and dipped. Because they responded to the call of God. They just got up and left. Left everything. When God showed his love and kindness. Oh, come on. Somebody in here don't got to wait any longer. Somebody in here don't got to put in the two weeks notice. Listen. When Jesus calls you, you just get up and do what it do. When Jesus calls you, listen. Listen, he's calling you out of something. If he's calling you out of, out of sin, he's calling you out of something. What's that mean? That means you ain't got to give the devil a two weeks notice. You just put him on notice. I serve God now. I don't need your weed. I don't need your hate. I don't need your anger. You can have that. I serve God now. Come on, you ain't got to give the devil a two weeks notice. You can serve God right now. You can be set free right now. You can have healing right now. You can be made whole right now. I serve God now. I serve God now. Is anybody with me in this place? We serve God now. Hallelujah. Some, we just got to put some stuff down when, when Jesus is calling. And it's interesting how the loving kindness of Jesus is responded to in our world, in our, in our day and age. And we try to love on people and they just throw shade at us. They throw shade at us. But I'm here to let you know tonight that savages ain't shook by shadiness. Your shadiness don't shake me. Jesus is a savage. Come on, somebody. Somebody got to know that Jesus is a savage. His love is relentless. It knows no borders. There is no boundaries for what he will do. When he's after you, he's after you, and that's it. You come and believe whether you like it or not. Jesus is a savage, and he'll stop at nothing to chase you down. His love pursues you. So, 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 so as the love of Jesus, the loving kindness of Jesus attracted people like prostitutes, promiscuous women, Thieves, bandits, crooks of all kinds, tax collectors, robbers. The loving kindness of Jesus drew them in, but it repelled the religious leaders of the day. And the Pharisees, yeah, they, they didn't see loving kindness. They just saw sin. They saw uncleanness. They saw Jesus as a rebel and wouldn't acknowledge the fact that sinners were being brought to repentance. Huh. You ever had somebody that just can't celebrate what's going on in your life? Can't celebrate what's going on in your heart? Can't celebrate what's going on in your home? Come on, somebody. They can't celebrate what's going on in the church. What? Jesus sees revival. They see repulsiveness. 
Jesus sees revival. They see repulsiveness. Jesus sees the revival in you and in you and in you and in you. But when you're religious, all you can see is repulsiveness because it's not me. The Pharisees started chirping to the disciples trying to stir up division and discord. Uh-oh. Are we going somewhere with this text today? Yo, why is your rabbi eating with sinners and tax collectors, bro? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's mad unclean. Ew. You better go quarantine and get ceremonially right. Why y'all following him? He really just going to sit there and eat with sinners? Jesus is a savage. He ain't phased by the shade that they throwing at him. He ain't phased by the... Listen to me. Let me put you guys at ease. Whenever someone refuses to acknowledge what God is doing in your life, it'll reveal itself as an inability to celebrate you or rejoice with you. But it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Jesus ain't sweat that. Don't worry about it. You shouldn't either. They can't even open up their mouth to bless God. Of course they're not going to bless you. Come on, somebody. They can't even open up their mouth to bless God. Why in the world would they bless you? <laughs> Love them anyway. <laughs> Invite them to dinner. Make room at the table. <laughs> Make room at the table. <laughs> That's literally my next point. Make room at the table. <laughs> Come on, listen, we're all sinners. The Bible is clear, but in ancient Judaism, it was only the worst of the worst that were referred to as sinners. Sometimes we could throw that word around lightly. In Jesus' day, it was the worst of the worst. Most vile people were called sinners. See, in ancient times, showing love to the unlovable opened up a can of worms. You could be excommunicated, thought of as a rebel against the government. Ultimately, it got Jesus crucified on the cross because of the religious leaders conspiring against them. You can miss me with the religiosity. Are we making room at our table? Or is our response to certain people kind of like the Pharisees? And they were saying, how dare he sit with them? Don't he know he's a criminal? How dare he sit with her? Don't he know she's a prostitute? Yuck, she's unclean. Doesn't he know she's a Samaritan? Sounds a little bit like us, right? How dare you sit with him? Don't you know his beliefs? Don't you know his ethnic, cultural background and race? We don't agree with him. We don't associate with him. Don't you know he supports law enforcement? How dare you invite him to have a meal with you? Don't you remember she had an abortion? Don't you remember? She's a savage. So we ain't gonna make no room at the table for these people? The better question I have is, don't you remember what God did in your life? Don't you remember the mess that he pulled you out of? Don't you remember when he reached down and pulled you out of the muck and the miry clay? Don't you remember when he breathed the breath of life inside of you? And all you can say is, thank you, Lord. Have your way, God. I surrender, God. I surrender. I'm not worthy to be blessed by you. I'm not worthy for you to put your hand upon me and give me good favor. I'm not worthy of your loving kindness. Don't you remember? Come on, somebody. We've only been set free because Jesus chose to sit with savages like you and me. And when you think about his kindness, it should make you want to grab another plate. Grab some utensils. Grab another napkin. Fill up another cup. And get another chair. 
and slide it up to the table because our Lord and Savior, he's still sitting with savages and then maybe we should too. My God sits with the savages. The Pharisees couldn't comprehend this savage loving kindness. And they thought Jesus was unclean. Pharisees thought he was a sinner. They even called him a wine bibber. Oh, because he had a glass of wine every now and then. Mmm, super save, over religious. They said whatever they could to try to pin things on our God, our Lord and Savior Jesus. They tried to pin things on him. But Jesus was on his job. He wasn't getting drunk. He had work to do. He was on his job. Jesus could drink wine without the wine influencing him. What you saying, Lynn? Okay. Jesus was on his job. Of course he wasn't getting drunk. He ain't playing no games. Jesus could drink without getting drunk. He wouldn't let it influence him. What I'm trying to say is Jesus could sit with sinners without sin sinners influencing him. Jesus can sit with the crooks without the crooks influencing him. Oh, Jesus can sit with the prostitutes without the prostitutes influencing him. He ain't come for sex, boo. He came to set you free. That's the God I serve. He don't want your goodies. He's trying to pull the good out of you. He's trying to show you the savage that you are in the kingdom. The gay, the lesbian, the crack addict, the weed head, anybody can get it. His love is savage. You can't put my God in the box. He's coming after you. been ridiculed since the beginning of his ministry and he'll be ridiculed until he comes back but culture could never contain or control the loving kindness of Christ people had to change before coming to the Pharisees though they had to change before coming to the religious leaders though you you, you had to get clean first I need counsel I need help no you got to get clean first you had to go through ceremonial ritualistic things and, and to be considered clean or else you had to stay at a distance but the loving kindness and compassion of Jesus. Oh, that's what invited them in. That's what made sinners feel welcome. That's what brought conviction. That's what initiates the transformation. It's the loving kindness of Jesus. And we should reciprocate it. It's a gentle weapon that leads savages to repentance. I thought the goal was to make the kingdom of God grow. I thought the goal was to push forth his kingdom at all costs. Jesus is the great physician. And he tells the Pharisees that those that are well have no need of a physician. And my next point is one of the greatest ways that we can be Christ-like is to think like a physician. To put on the mind of Christ and think like a physician. It brings me to the story of the Good Samaritan and the man who fell among the thieves. I got to read this real quick. I got to read this real quick. It's Luke 10, 30 to 37. Luke 10, 30 to 37, it says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived to that place, came and looked and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he, looked, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will come again, and I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the one who fell among thieves? He said, 
he who showed mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Samaritans were considered vile half-breeds, half Assyrian, half Jew. They studied the law, but they also followed idolatrous gods. They were considered savages. They were considered cut off. They were hated by the Jews. And here we see the savage looking, the, the savage Samaritan looking more like the great physician than the priest and the Levite. Yeah, he's showing more, more, more loving kindness than the religious folk, right? He showed compassion to that wounded man that fell among the thieves. Don't, don't lose me, I'm going somewhere with this. The Samaritan picks up the man and even though he was a bloody mess, he begins to care for him. Now listen, it's very rare that me and you will come upon somebody who's half dead on the road and he's a bloody mess. He's beaten down, he's just, he's just a mess. It's very rare that that's gonna happen with me and you, but the story has a modern application for savages that we label as messy. They may not be a bloody mess, but they could be a spiritual mess, maybe a, a criminal or a thug or, or a promiscuous woman. May, may, maybe we label the, the drug addict a mental mess. We cross paths with, with people who are a spiritual mess every day. And this is why we can't lack in love. We can't lack loving kindness. See, when you're lacking in something, you have less of it to give out. You have less of it to give out. I don't got it. I can't give it to you. I got less of it to give out. And if you have less of it to give out, then you'll be more selective with who you give it to. For example, my family. I have a family of six. I got four kids. And if we get, if we get down to the last three sheets of toilet paper, oh, you know where I'm going with this. And my son walk up in the bathroom talking about he got to blow his nose. Better use your shirt. We got butts to wipe in this house. You kidding me? You're savage. <laughs> if we're lacking in love and kindness, then we can fail to see people as needing it. For instance, sometimes we can look down upon prostitutes or promiscuous women, but overlook the fact that they ain't had no daddy. Maybe we look down upon a criminal and say, yeah, he deserves punishment to the full extent of the law, but we, we fail to look past the fact that he grew up poor and his parents were strung out on drugs. We act judgmental towards gays and lesbians, not realizing that maybe they went through some things. We lift our noses and turn away from the women who support abortion, but we're oblivious to the abuse that she endured. We should be getting involved in all this mess that we see going on in people's lives. Because real talk, we messy too. God showed me something in this story with the Samaritan. It says the, that, that the man who was beaten fell among thieves. Everybody say fell among thieves. Listen, the Samaritan didn't see the bandits. He didn't see the thieves. And maybe we don't either. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Jesus says that the man that was beaten up fell among thieves. The Samaritan didn't see the thieves. And maybe we don't either. Or maybe we don't have to. What do I mean? Well, what if I told you that that prostitute, a promiscuous woman that you think is ill, so nasty. What if I told you she fell among thieves? Yeah, she fell among thieves. See, she fell among thieves in her childhood when her daddy left her mama before her first birthday, robbing her from experiencing the true love of a caring father. She fell among thieves. What if I told you she fell among thieves because she saw her, grow, her, her cousin grow up fatherless, her friends grow up fatherless, and she ain't have no grandfather either. Yeah, she fell among thieves. She fell among thieves as a child as she was robbed by men who were never even there. And now she looks for love in all the wrong places. She fell among thieves. 
What if I told you that lesbian that we're sticking our noses up at fell among thieves? She fell among thieves as a child when she was molested by her same-sex relatives and she was robbed. She was robbed of the truth of what intercourse is supposed to be. She was robbed when she fell among thieves. She, she now has a distorted definition of what love is because she fell among thieves. Maybe they're not beaten and bloodied and bruised, but oftentimes we still label them a mess and we don't want to get involved in that mess. What if I told you that woman at your job who's an advocate for abortion, she fell among thieves. When she was a little girl, she fell among thieves. She witnessed her mama low-key have an abortion. She was robbed of knowing the true value of every beating heart. She fell among thieves as she watched her auntie have an abortion. She watched her friends have an abortion. She watched her cousins have an abortion. Everybody's doing it. She fell among thieves. And see, as believers, we shouldn't have to see the thieves in order to help. What if I told you each one of these people fell among thieves when they were robbed by me and you? They were robbed of the experience of knowing God's loving kindness because of our dirty looks and our snide remarks that pushed them away. They fell among thieves when we robbed them the opportunity to sit at our table. Everybody is welcome at TOC. We will not be that church. You can come sit with us. We will sit with you. Everybody is welcome at TOC. And sometimes the only way to bring clarity is to sit with the savages. Sometimes we have a tendency to look more like the priest and the Levite than we do the great physician. Oh, we find religiosity loopholes. Oh, I'm not going to help him. I mean, you know, the Bible says you reap what you sow. I mean, he's, he's beaten down pretty bad. He must have he deserved it. Like, what did he do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around this way because, you know, we find religiosity loopholes. Oh, he's a mess. Oh, my gosh. Look at his dreads. Look at all those tattoos. He smells like weed and he drinks Corona. Oh my gosh, he's a, he's a mess. I don't want to get involved in that mess because I'm a, I'm a worshiper and, and, and I'm supposed to be set apart. So I'll pray for him, but I'm not going to get involved in that mess. Who are we thinking like? Priest, Levite, or the great physician? See, when a patient is rushed to the hospital and he's beaten down half dead, a bloody mess. A great physician's first thought is not whether, uh, his first thought is not whether or not this person is supposed to be in this state. He's not worried about whether he deserves it or not. Man, he's beat up pretty bad. I wonder if he deserves it. A great physician is not worried about all that. A great physician's primary objective is to revive the heart, grab the defibrillators and cardiopulmonary, resuscitate unresponsive bodies, stop the bleeding, heal the wounds, grant the breath. Come on, somebody, grab the bandages, lift them up. Bring them to life and life in abundance through Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't come for the healthy. If you got it all together, then maybe this ain't for you, but he's the great physician. He came for those that are in need of a doctor. He'll grab his scalpel. He'll slit you down the middle. He'll remove that heart of stone. He'll give you a heart of flesh. He'll pump a thousand cc's of grace, love, and mercy in your heart, and then it goes to the head. He goes to your head, he wraps your, your mind with, with his words, and then he, he renews your mind, with waters it with his word. He, he does brain surgery. He, he, he heals you. He wraps it in the blood of Jesus to make you heal. He never leaves you or forsakes you. That's the God that we serve. And if you ain't got it all together like me, I don't got it all together. If you don't got it all together like us, we don't got it all together. But we're exactly who Jesus Christ came for. 
He's still sitting with the savages. And so a couple days after I knocked that kid out and ran after his friend down the street with my savage self, I went to go get some Timberlands at the mall because I like Tim's. <laughs> man, God did a work in my heart, man. I get to the, I get to the mall, go to Foot Locker, purchase the shoes. The girl who rang me up, her name was Nicole. She said, do you know somebody named such and such? I said, oh, yeah. She goes, is your name Leonard? I said, yeah. I, I didn't know her from Adam. She goes, well, such and such is my boyfriend. And he said he fell playing basketball. And I've been putting frozen meat on his face to try to make the swelling go down. And he's been lying to me, and I knew it. I kind of told her what happened. We exchanged numbers. We started going out. We went out for about three years. And in between those three years, I met her great-grandmother, or her grandmother, excuse me, who came from the West Coast. She preached the gospel to me with loving kindness. She gave me my first study Bible. Like, this was the first time I met her. She blessed my life with the truth of God. She planted that seed. Now, I, this ain't one of them stories. I ain't come to Christ that day. <laughs> but the seed was planted nevertheless. Me and Nicole went out for three years. And, she, and, and I would have never thought, but she had my, my first child, Aliciana. Aliciana, can you stand up? It's my, my beautiful daughter. God took that mess and he made something incredible out of it. About four or five years later, I came to Christ. And we all serve God now, my whole family. But I'm saying this to say that, 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 that I, I, had a, I had a phone call shortly thereafter with Aliciana's great-grandmother, the one who preached the gospel to me. And she, she said something profound. She said, Leonard, you'll never understand how grateful I am that you responded to God's call. She said, I've been praying since I got saved decades ago that somebody would come into our family, that somebody else would, would come into my family, that God would, would, would touch someone's heart and that they would serve him before I die. And she says, that person that I've been praying for, asking God to send, she says, that person is your daughter. That person is your daughter. She's an answer to my prayers. You see, when God does a, a mighty work in your life, when you got a relationship with him, you just want to bless him like Levi, right? You just want to open up everything and bless him. And so when she heard that we... We were buying a Fort Pierce campus. She donated the last $40,000 that we needed to secure the purchase because she was grateful that God did something in her life, that he answered the prayer, and she responded to the call. Come on. She might be a grandmother, but she's a savage in the kingdom. I'm just thankful that God still sits with the savages. I'm just thankful that he chose to sit with a savage like me. Come on, give God some glory tonight. He's still sitting with the savages. He's still sitting with the savages. I'm grateful that we serve a transformational God who gives beauty for ashes. If you could stand to your feet tonight.
Come on, is there any savages out there? Is there any savages that are thankful that God took them from being the savage in the world to the savage in the kingdom that you are now? Praise God. I just, I, I can't close this out without giving that, that same offer that Alisiana's great-grandmother gave to me when she invited me into the kingdom. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never surrendered, if you've, if you've never asked him to save you, right where you are, could you just put up your hand? I want to pray for you. Come on, if you don't know him, why wait to do tomorrow what you could do today? In the last year, if we've learned that anything isn't promised, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised. Come on, is anybody out there that don't know Jesus? Anybody? Anybody? Come on. If everybody here is saved and blessed the Lord, come on, give God a shout of glory. One more time tonight, if we could just bless God, if we can thank him for his loving kindness, his grace, he's been so good. Bless the Lord. right now just worship the lord worship the lord my life is not my own thank you lord to you i belong yes, i give myself i give myself to you 